Welcome to the Paradise Paradox. My name's Kurt Robinson. The other day, Andrew Levine, otherwise known as Andraki, uh, interviewed me for his show, The Andraki Show, uh, about mental illness, so about my experience with mental illness and about how it might relate to the shamanic experience. So this this is uh, a clip from that interview. And uh, remember, neither of us are medical professionals. We don't know what you need in, in regards to your mental health. Um, so we're not intending to give you advice. With that in mind, let's jump right into it. I'll jump into what I'm trying to do, the idea I have with this series. I guess it's probably partly inspired by your show, The Paradise Paradox. Great. I think it's a number of things. Have you seen the the Rubin Report? Uh, doesn't ring a bell. It's kind of a talk show. The guy, I think he started off in like mainstream media and then he went to the Young Turks. He, he then just kind of went off on his own and he just set up his own studio. Looking at that, looking at what you're doing with Paradise Paradox, it, it became apparent to me that anyone can have a show. Anybody yeah. can... You know, as long as they have something interesting to talk about, interesting people to interview, there's no limitation, except maybe gear. And for whatever reasons, I already have all of the gear. So mm-hmm. when I read, you know, we've, we've talked in the past and that, that was a lot of fun. And uh, then I read your, your last article and I thought it was great. And I was like, oh, well, that would be a really fun thing to talk about because when you're writing an article, you're faced with very different limitations, right? Mm-hmm. Like you have to be concise, you have to be to the point. And uh, I thought this might be an interesting medium for m- expounding on some of the stuff you talked about because it's really complicated and deep stuff. And I think you did a great job of broaching the subject so you just to just to clarify, so you're talking about my article about uh, mental illness or how to how to uh, take advantage or, or what to learn from um, from a mental illness or from a from an unusual state of mind, we could say. Yeah, I am talking about that article. So why don't we just now head into that? You use the word mental illness. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't think it's the best term, but it's like what's available. So, <laughs> do you think describing it as mental illness is accurate? And if it were up to you, how how would you describe the experience that you had? Right. Good. Good question. Well, um, I know you're familiar with with uh, Sterling's work, Sterling Luhan. Um, so he he talks about that, and he says um, it's it's not an illness because it's not like there's a lesion, there's no abrasion, there's there's nothing physical that you can identify. Um, and even the, I mean, there's this this common idea that that uh, mental illness is caused by chemical imbalance, but that's still a bit that's still really debatable. It's not like when you go to a psychiatrist, they, they tell you, um, okay, so, um, let's do a chemical test on your brain to see, to see what's, what's in there. They don't do that. They analyze it through behavior. So it's, it's more of a behavioral issue than, than a physical issue. I would really like to hear somebody attempt to kind of rebut this, but like the way it seems to me is that the, the word imbalance was originally used metaphorically. And then they just kind of 
And then people just repeated it. Like, right, they go, you're imbalanced. And they, I guess maybe they assumed that there were actual chemical imbalances, but it was just, mm. it wasn't a technical term. It wasn't like they looked at levels and said, this is normal, this is imbalanced. It seems to me like it, they were using it more metaphorically, and now it's been used so much that it's been elevated to dogma, kind of like neoliberal economics, where people mm. use the words equilibrium so much that people thought that markets actually ever attained equilibrium, when in reality, disequilibrium is a characteristic trait of markets. Yeah, it's co constantly seeking equilibrium, but never, never exactly finding it. Right. Yeah, it's like an unattainable ideal or something. But um, yeah, so so I, th I I think you're probably right to some extent. But uh, something I, w I think I was watching a TED talk the other day. I'm not sure if that's one you linked me to or, or, or a different one. But it was, um, yeah, along these lines talking about mental illness. And they, t they talked about this book. I think it's called The Broken Brain. And so that provided this like you said, like a dogma, um, and, and people, uh, people said, well, we have this, we have this theory or this hypothesis and it seems reasonable. Um, and you know, we expect the data the, to be filled in later. We'll color, color it in later. Um, and you know, they keep expecting that, but that's not necessarily what's happened. That's just what everyone's assuming. So if you were starting from scratch, you were born on a remote island and had no cultural cues, and you had the experience that you had, which we should go on to kind of delve into a bit deeper, like explain it. But if you had that experience and then got past it, how would you describe it? It's kind of difficult to take it out of context like that because, of course, part of the, the healing process, I guess, it involves people around me. But I, I guess, um, so yeah, so to kind of start from the start, I had, I had this experience which uh, a psychiatrist described as a, a psychotic break. Uh, and I did have uh, some, some delusions, like uh, I was talking to animals and, and talking to horses and plants and, and things and thinking that they would talk back. I mean, there's nothing wrong with talking to, to <laughs> to plants and animals but thinking they talk back sometimes it, it might be uh it might be another another thing did you actually but, hear them talking to you is that why you would talk to them or was it more like you just were compelled to talk to like what was the was there a logic to it saying you talk to them implies some kind of reasoning process right it's a tricky one to get into too because the, the fact is, um, like a lot of these things uh, people would describe as delusions, but some, some of the things that happened, I would say, were actually true. Um, it's just that I got a little carried away um, and, and, uh, and started to think, well, if, if, you know, if these things that I've been taught uh, are firm and are laws and are, you know, can't, can't happen are actually happening, then I have to assume that everything I know is wrong, which was, it sent me a little bit over the edge. But I, I do think um, telepathic experiences with, with plants and animals are possible. So that, <laughs> that I, I guess for a lot of people that, that rules me out as, as loony, but that's, you know, that's truly what I believe. So I have to put that out there. Well, well um, so something you said, I think, I think brought up a really interesting point in my mind, which is that um, 
it seems like kind of what you're saying is that society, part of forming a stable society is Hmm. shared delusions. Mm -hmm. And it almost sounds like what happens is that maybe you enter a state that shatters your beliefs in common societal delusions. And then it shakes your confidence in like your perception of reality because what you witness is, oh, oh shit, that's not real. What else isn't real? And you start exploring other potential ideas, some of which may be true, some of which may be false. Does that make sense? Yes, yes. So you have you have to kind of, well, in my case, I, I started again, more or less from scratch and said, okay, well, you know, I have to test everything a little bit to see to see what pushes back and what what rules can be bent and what rules can be broken, and what rules never existed in the first place. Um, so that that's I mean Terence McKenna talks about this uh, about how um he gives this kind of analogy or story about going to a village and and the people there um they they see this the clothes you're wearing and the and the camera around your neck and they they look at you and poke you and they don't see you as human they see you as a thing because they're not aware of of the this greater context of humanity but as for the shaman he he doesn't care about your camera or your your smartphone, he immediately recognizes you as a person uh, because he's had his he he doesn't come from the culture. He he's uh, like McKenna says something like he's the guy fiddling with the with the TV set from behind. Um, so he knows um, what's he knows the greater context. He he has this greater understanding of what's going on in the world and w- why cultures are the way they are. You're saying that perhaps that people with, let's say, neurochemistry like you, like yours, maybe the evolutionary purpose of them is to serve as the shaman. They're the people whose minds are constantly testing our shared delusions. They have to live outside of it in order to test them to kind of make sure that our shared delusions aren't going in the wrong direction. If, if you look at like fascistic movements or militaristic movements, you, yes. it, you need these people out there who are constantly testing our social constructs. And maybe there are downsides to having that type of biology and that neurochemistry, but there are also valuable assets to it. And yes. perhaps that's the yes. role of the shaman throughout history or the guru or whatever. Yes, yes. I, th- I, I think that's, that's pretty accurate. So it's, I mean, you can make this an- other analogy, like there's a big difference between uh, living in a body and, and healing it from the outside. So, so it's one thing to be a person and it's another thing to be a, a doctor. And the doctor can um, see, see a, a body objectively as as a kind of as a machine or some something like that, he he can see it in a different way with this with this broader perspective, and that's what enables him to heal. Um, so in this in the same way, the shaman can be somewhat removed from the culture, and, th- and that gives him this clear sight. Mm-hmm.